I've been hanging out in the book of Philippians. We, as I mentioned, Christopher and I have kind of tag team uh, the last few weeks, he more than I, uh, but we've been talking from the book of Philippians. Whew. I can't get away from it. I can't get away from it because it is such an awesome, awesome book. Now, we, we have been talking about miracles. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Last week was a phenomenal service as we talked about the Holy Spirit and, and the baptism of the Spirit. And when we look at miracles, a lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, we, we want to see something and, and we do see things like we just seen with Megan and the testimony that goes with that. We're, we're looking for some kind of of exchange where there's a magnanimous exposure, there's blind eyes open, there's crippled limbs that are healed, uh, a myriad cancers that disappear. When we talk about miracles, uh, we want to see some kind of, of display, and yet miracles come in all forms and sizes. See, some, some of you are a miracle just the fact that you made it to church today. <laughs> I mean, that is a miracle that, that you still have some semblance of a right mind. Don't look at your neighbor. You give yourself away. Just, just, just the fact that you, you can put Coherent sentences together is a miracle. And so, while we're looking for some kind of physical exchange or physical demonstration, I think we, we need to understand that sometimes the miracle is more of an unseen thing than a seen thing. And so, so Paul would say in the book of Philippians, he would say, be anxious for nothing. Now, to some of us here today, that in itself is a huge miracle because our lives have been governed by worry and anxiety and, and oppression and depression and, and all kinds of fear and, and, and all kinds of emotional activity in our life and yet we are reaching a point in maturity with God that things that used to bother me no longer bother me things that used to just turn my world upside down no longer have that effect on me Because I'm, I'm learning a stability in Christ. I'm learning a maturity in Christ. I am learning. And that's what Paul was, a lot of what he was talking about in the book of Philippians. And he ends it by saying, I have learned that whatever state of mind I'm in, therewith to be content. I've learned this. It's a miracle that I've come to this place. Because if you would have known me before, 
if you would have been around me before. Just the fact that I'm here today. See, Jesus walks up on the sea of Gadara, and when he walks up on the seashore of Gadara, there comes a man running out of the tombs. We understand that he had legions of devils in him. Some say that's up to 2,000 demons that were inside of him. And the Bible gives us a little, a little information of, of, of all that was going on because the Bible said that all times the city folk had come out and they had put clothes on him and they had put chains on him and said everything's going to be better. How many times did people try to help you? How many people tried to make your life better by providing temporary antidotes to long-term situations? And then the Bible said that the spirits would rise up in him and he would rip off his clothes and he would he would run back to the tombs and he would cut himself. But here comes Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, may I tell you today, he had no chain in his hand to bind him and he had no clothes in his hand to clothe him. Because you and I can dress up our circumstances and our situations to make them look better without dealing with them. But dress it up, clothe it up, put a smile on it to, until you deal with the issues of life and the things that are going on internally. See, it all starts inwardly before it really ever takes effect outwardly. Y'all a little quiet today, but that's okay. Because we think by just dressing it up, it makes it go away. We think by avoiding it, it makes it go away. But the Holy Ghost was sent to us to help us. And when you look at the book of Philippians, 19 times in the book of Philippians, Paul says rejoice. He talks about gladness. He talks about being happy in circumstances and situations that are not pleasant for a person to be in. I find it ironic that Paul, who was a co-founder of the church of Philippi, that was started in a prison, is now riding back to the church from a prison cell. But he's not writing them saying, hey, I wish y'all would come visit me. I wish you all would have some sympathy for me. I wish that things were different. No, he's writing to them and, and listen to what he says. I can do all things through. Wait a minute, Paul, you're in a prison. It doesn't matter because the external can never control the internal when the Holy Ghost is working in a person's life. 
See, too many of us are waiting to get the outside and the external into an environment that we want it to be without dealing with something. I can tell you today, you can change locations, but changing locations is not going to solve the problem. You can geographically relocate, but geographically relocating is not going to fix some things. There are certain things, ladies and gentlemen, that only the Holy Ghost is going to fix. Only the baptism of His... Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Dress it up, paint it up, clothe it up, still doesn't fix the issue, but the Holy Ghost. So John said, there's one coming after me whose shoe latches I'm not worthy to unloose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. He will baptize you with the Comforter. He's going to put Ezekiel chapter 36 and 17. I will put my spirit within you. That's a miracle, ladies and gentlemen, that he would take your spirit out and put his spirit inside of you. So Paul could say to the church of Galatia, he said, I live, but it's not me living, but it's Christ that's living inside of me. That's the miracle, ladies and gentlemen. He says to the disciples, I'm walking with you, but I shall be in you. So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one place with one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. It appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled, not some of them, but all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I've got the answer for you today. Today. It's not a church house experience. It's not a religious experience. It's a Holy Ghost experience. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so Paul is, is writing to this church that started by him and Silas casting out a devil out of a little maiden. And he begins several years some say it's up to 16 years later that he's writing back to the church of philippi and and he is telling them that it's not where you're at that makes life it's what's inside of you that makes life see you could have a million dollars today and not be happy some of you is like, try me. I mean, you, you can have that, that thing that you really want, that thing that you really desire. You, you can finally put your hands on it and say, it's mine. And it won't be just a short time till you'll see something you like better. When the leather smell's gone. You can take it through the car wash and put the new car smell in it every single week. The clothes wear out. The house gets boring. That's life. And I just came to tell you today on Memorial Day that it's, it's, not, it's not what you possess that's going to make you happy. It's the, not the tangible things that make you happy. For Jesus would say, 
that no man can serve two masters. See, too many of us are in this tug-of-war experience. We've got one hand on the things that we think we want and one hand on the thing that we really need. And we're being pulled back and forth, back and forth. Our allegiance is to this today, but then I realize I can't make it without this tomorrow. And so we're pulled back and forth. And so Paul comes to the end of, of his book, or of his letter to the uh, church of Philippi, and he said, I've got to tell you something that I've learned. I've learned because I know how to abound and I know how to be abased. I know what it is to have everything that I could ever imagine that I wanted. And I know what it is to have nothing that I want. Can I help somebody here for just a moment? I know what it is to be at the top of my game and I know what it is for the game to be on top of me. I know what it is to possess everything that my soul desires and even Solomon said I withheld nothing from me. I planted vineyards, I got this, I got that, but at the end of the day I realized all of that stuff was vanity. You better have some understanding and you better have a relationship with God. I've been at the top of the game and I've been at the bottom of the game. I've had it all and I've lost it all, but one thing I never lost and that was my faith in Jesus Christ. I learned I can make it whether I've got it all or I have nothing. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I've learned whether I'm hungry or I'm well fed. I've learned if Jesus is what really makes the Who am I talking to on this Sunday? It's Jesus that makes the difference. Get everything you can get and be everything that you can be. But I got to tell you, when you get there, it's going to still leave you empty. And it's still going to leave you longing. But with Jesus in your life, when Jesus is there. And so he said, I've learned. I've learned that whatever state I'm in, I've got to just be content. Whether I'm hungry or I'm fed. Whether I'm in prison or out of prison. Whether I've got it all or whether I've lost it all. I've learned with food, raiment, and shelter therewith to be content. He would say another place, he said, contentment with godliness is great gain. In other words, there's an advantage of just being content with where I'm at. And many times in our journey of life, and I'm, I'm just, just about finished, but, but in our journey of life, We, we expect Christianity and we expect a life of Christ to be without any kind of turmoil or pain or suffering. Modern day Christianity, I've talked about this quite a bit lately, but modern day Christianity has kind of set us up to fail. It's, it's kind of set us up that if you are living for Christ, that you will never have a problem. If you're spiritual, you'll never have an issue. If you're spiritual, everything you touch turns to gold. But as we talked about last week, 
When John said he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, he also said he's going to baptize you with, with fire. We've often taken that and said the Holy Ghost, it comes with fire because on the day of Pentecost it was cloven tongues like as a fire. But there's a distinction. He said, I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The word fire there in the Greek has a close parallel to tribulation. With the Holy Ghost comes tribulation. But tribulation is not to destroy us. Tribulation is to purify us. So many times while we're praying for deliverance because we think the miracle is in the deliverance. Can I talk to somebody for a moment? We think the miracle is in the deliverance, but the miracle is in the development. The miracle is in coming through what you started and standing at the end of it and say, by my God, I have run through a troop and leaped over a wall. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no. And in the very first chapter of Philippians, Paul would write to them and say, I've got to tell you something. He that begun a good work in you is able. Oh, let me talk to somebody for just a moment. He that begun a good work in you, he is the author and the finish. He is the beginning and the ending. He is the first and the last. So what faith does is faith ushers us into and it walks with us and then faith, when it's purified, brings us out on the other side. And Job said, he bringeth me through the fire. But when I come out, I'm coming out like gold. When I come out, I'm purified. When I come out, I know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Somebody shout amen. All things. We don't always understand all things. We can't wrap our mind around all things. I don't understand why this is happening. I know there's somebody in this congregation, congregation today that said, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand why I'm going through this. But all things work together. Do you know that in a cake, there are ingredients that you don't want to eat by themselves? Can you imagine walking in and getting a tablespoon of baking soda? Or baking powder? Or for that matter, even now some of you might say, yeah, all right. A stick of butter? I'm just going to eat me a stick of butter. But you take all of those ingredients and you put them in the mixing bowl. Whew. See, some of you have some pain in your life. Some of you have some abusive circumstances in your life. Some of you have been misused. Some of you walked down paths you wouldn't have chose. But can I tell you, as I told Teen Challenge the other day, what you thought was a setback 
is really a setup. Oh, come on, give me about 30 more seconds or so. What you thought was a setback, you're looking at it, trying to figure it out, trying to make sense of it. Why don't you put it in God's big mixing bowl and let God mix it up all together? And when you come out on the other side, I didn't understand it at the time, but He brought me through. I didn't understand it at the moment, but God was faithful. He never left me nor forsook me. He was with me day and night through storm and tempest, but He brought me through. And look what the Lord has done in my life and I just got to praise him. I just got to say thank you because if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Oh, somebody ought to shout, where would I be? Somebody shout, where would I be? Where would I be? Where would I be? Where would I be? It was not a setback. It was a setup. Hmm. We look at Calvary, and if you examine and analyze Calvary with the human, man, anybody else feel a little bit of Holy Ghost up in here today? We look at Calvary, and if you analyze Calvary through the human mind, you look at it and say, man, man, it's a total bust. It's a total, it's a total fraud. It's, it's of no value and no use. But if you get over to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2, and it says, who for the joy that was set before him. See, when you look at the story of the prodigal, there was nothing wrong with the prodigal getting his inheritance. He just got it too soon. I mean, it was his. He just got it prematurely. See, there are some things in your life, if God gives you too soon, they will destroy you. I said, if God gives it to you too soon, it will destroy you. There's a time and a season for all things. But if you'll be faithful. Oh God, help me Holy Ghost. Help me Holy Ghost. Help me Holy Ghost. Come on singers. I feel a little Holy Ghost over here. <laughs> the reason that you feel the desire, the reason you feel the longing, the reason you feel propelled is because He gave you the desires. The Bible said, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. But if He gives you those desires prematurely, it will abort you from the spiritual womb. So He said, i got to take you through some things. Somebody say, I'm going to make it though. I'm going to make it though. I'm going to endure. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. you got to go through some things, but if you'll be faithful. He said, if you're faithful in the little things, that I'll make you ruler over many things. If he can trust you where you're at, if he can trust you with what he gives you right now, you've not seen anything. For I have not seen, and ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of men the things 
which God has prepared for them that love him. So, he said, rejoice in all things. And again I say, rejoice. But pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I may not, but I got a little word from the Lord for you. If you can be faithful, if you can be faithful where you're at, and you can stay planted where you're at. See, the reason some of you have never brought a harvest is because just when you spring up and you begin to grow, you transplant yourself to another field and you're spending all your life transplanting yourself from one field to another field to try to shortcut the process. There is no shortcut process. you got to endure some things. But he that is faithful unto death, he shall receive a crown of life. Who am I talking to on this Sunday? If you can remain faithful, God... He said, humble yourself under the mighty hand and in due season. Due season. Somebody shout, due season. Touch your neighbor and say, due season. Touch him again and say, it takes some time. Oh, it takes a little time. But if you can be faithful and you can stay planted, there's a harvest coming. And the harvest is always greater than the seed that is sown. Oh, Jesus. If you can be faithful, ladies and gentlemen, if you can stay with the process. I don't understand it, but I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Hmm. And so all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. I'm talking to a lot of called people here today. I'm talking to a lot of purpose-minded, purpose-driven people on this Sunday to tell you whether you're in prison or you're in the palace, don't lose your praise. Whether you're in the midst of discomfort or everything is smooth sailing, don't lose your praise. One of my favorite verses of the scripture is when Paul was in shipwreck. And the Bible said they cast down four anchors trying to hold the vessel for the night. And it wasn't enough. Have you, have you, ever, have you ever faced circumstances where you didn't feel like what you was doing was enough? Come on, talk back to me for just for a moment. What you were doing wasn't enough. You were exhausting everything you knew to do and it wasn't enough. You were putting anchors down, trying to get some footing, but man, this life is just... And finally, the boat totally broke apart. Have you ever been there? Oh, God. The whole boat broke apart. They dripped up onto the bank, holding on to pieces of the... 
the ship. The people of the island build a fire and Paul goes over and gets an armload of wood to put on the fire and when he begins to drop the wood in the fire, out of the fire comes a viper. Have you ever been trying to do what's right and in the middle of trying to do what's right, something bad happens? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Trying to do what's right and right in the middle of trying to do what's right, something bad happens? Viper reaches out and bites you. And the Bible said the people of the, of the village begin to say, man, that's an evil guy. He's a wicked person. And they were waiting for him to die. But here's the verse. It said, but as they watched, he said, the, the Bible said, he stood when he should have fallen. He stood when he should have fallen. Can I just encourage somebody today to stand while you wait for your miracle? To stand while life is slapping you around? Can I encourage somebody? Because the Bible said, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Sometimes you just got to plant your feet. Sometimes you just got to buck up. Sometimes you just got to throw your head back and say, come hell or high water, I'm not moving. I'm here by the grace of God. And I'm getting knocked around and I'm shaking a little bit, but I'm going to stay standing. Come on, everybody stand in this building today and say, I'm going to stand. 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 Sometimes the miracle, ladies and gentlemen, is just in the standing. Touch your neighbor and say, the miracle's in the standing. The miracle's in the standing. Doesn't look like much of a miracle, but I'm still standing. Doesn't look like much. Doesn't look like much of a miracle, but I'm still standing. I'm still here. My family marked me off and said I wasn't going to make it, but I'm still here. Some church folk marked me off and said I wasn't going to make it, but I'm still here. No, I'm not perfect. No, I don't have it all together, but I'm still here. I'm praising him through some pain, and I'm praising him through some peril, and I'm praising him through some mess up, but I'm still here. Oh, somebody needs to look at the devil today and say, I'm still here. You didn't think I'd make it, but I'm still here. You didn't think I'd still be standing, but here I am today. 